0: Oh, <laughs> Welcome to intro piece number seventeen. Um, we're, we're definitely. I, I I challenge you to make me start a book. I you I won't do it. I don't. I've I've seen the light. I don't have to read these books anymore, guys. No, no, we're reading books, guys. We are we are starting today with what feels like six months after we uh, finished our last book. We are now starting our next book, um, and so welcome to the first first episode of Black Reconstruction in America, um the the real thing. And as is tradition, we're going to start with a preface because why wouldn't we start with a preface? <laughs> These are important, not nah. um. So W. E. Burghardt Du Bois to the reader. The story of transplanting millions of Africans to the new world and of their bondage for four centuries is a fascinating one. Particularly interesting for students of human culture is the sudden freeing of these black folk in the 19th century and the attempt through them to reconstruct the basis of American democracy from 1860 to 1880. This book seeks to tell and intercept these 20 years of fateful history with essential reference to the efforts and experiences of the Negroes themselves. For the opportunity of making this study, I have to thank the trustees of the Rosenwald Fund, who made me a grant covering two years, and the directors of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, who allowed me time for the writing. He was working for the NAACP at the time, as we know. Yeah. the president of Atlanta university who gave him help and asylum during the completion of this work. I don't know if he was like having to hide in the bell tower to finish writing it and something <laughs> like that. I mean, I don't want to say no, because I mean, it was oh atle- sure. It it's... was the South. Like that, that's a real thing. We've, we've read black Bolshevik, but I didn't know he needed asylum to write the book. Um, and the trustees of the Carnegie fund who contributed toward the finishing of the manuscript, uh, I need hardly add that none of these people are in any way responsible for the views here in Express. So I think there are two ways to look at this. Uh, last sentence. One, god damn it, Du Bois, why are you taking money from Whitey? Like, what are you doing, <laughs> dude? Don't, don't get in on Carnegie money. But two, Good grift Du Bois. Yeah. Good job taking the capitalists' money to uh to go back and tell them, hey, you assholes, you're the reason this all happened and uh we're trying to tear your system down. I, I am down with that. I'm I very think that's good. if you can get the rich people to pay you money to grift them, like uh what's her name? Yeah. Elizabeth Holmes, the Theranos lady. Like everyone paints her out as some massive villain. The WeWork work guy. Like he's paying these people are paying out as massive villains. Nah, man, you grifted venture capitalists out of like two billion dollars for some <laughs> nonsense thing that only bougie white people use. Like, yeah, get. Go go get your grift. I appreciate didn't, this.
1: Didn't Theranos also fuck up some shit for sick people though? Did
0: they? I don't think anyone was actually like using Theranos. Like uh, I thought it okay. had got to the point. Like it was just a like a proof of concept that like tech science nerds got super horny about, but <laughs> never actually did anything. Like it was just a bunch of rich people trying to do quick and dirty blood tests. I think oh. it was designed to like.
1: So like, uh, what was the concert that never happened?
0: Firefest. Like, fire. It is the fire. No, fi- see, Firefest though, I think didn't take advantage. That was wonderful. That was wonderful, and it did take advantage of some bougie. Yes, white people. So that's probably a good one too. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm down with all of. Them. I'm really, I'm really here for all of. Bernie Madoff, American hero. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> no, I think, I think Bernie actually took some other people's money. Yeah, no, he's yeah. bad. He's I think it's Kevin Bacon's money actually. I think that was. I'm pretty <laughs> really? sure he took. Kev- yeah, I'm pretty sure like Kevin Bacon was having to make movies like four years just to pay off his Bernie Madoff money. Oh god, Which I mean, okay. <laughs> Don't have an opinion one way or another on Kevin Bacon, I guess. Uh, He could dance. He could dance. He could very well dance. It would be only fair to the reader to say frankly in advance that the attitude of any person toward this story will be distinctly influenced by his theories of the Negro race. A doy. If he believes that the Negro in America and in general is an average and ordinary human being who under given environment development, who under given environment develops like other human beings, then he will read the story and judge it by the facts adduced. I don't like that that had to be a sentence. If you assume that black people are actually human beings and develop the same way as other human beings, you'll be okay. Because that makes me worry about the second sentence of, if, however, he regards the Negro as a distinctly inferior creature who can never successfully take part in modern civilization and whose emancipation and enfranchisement were gestures against nature, then he will need something more than the sort of facts that I have set down.
1: I mean, maybe he's saying, like, you know, this is not just going to elucidate that and just, like... Magically convert you from being racist. Like I mean, it's, I, I think those senses are fine. I, I think this is a good fine. dig. No, they're fi- it's a great dig. That's what I'm
0: saying. It's the fact that there is still you a don't gr- like that the dig is able to be true. I don't like that the dig has to exist. That we have to be yeah. having a conversation. And I, and the depressing part is I think we'd still have to make that kind of a
1: statement here. Oh, in the Year our Lord Twenty Twenty. And one hundred percent. And then sometimes that needs to be drilled into liberals' heads yes, too. You know, that this didn't You go can't away. just appeal to people's good nature if they think yeah. people are subhuman. Exactly. You're not just going to tell them immigrants are people and they'll go oh. I'm sorry I, I didn't know up. that I wasn't yeah. aware
0: Whoops. no one had told me <laughs> um but this latter person I am not trying to convince this I also love too I love that don't don't fucking talk to people that are ideologically just completely opposed to you have yeah. the conversation with the people that you can convert and move on yeah um I am simply pointing out that these two points of view, so obvious to Americans, and then without further ado, I am assuming the truth of the first. In fine, I am going to tell the story as though Negroes were ordinary human beings, realizing that this attitude will from the first seriously curtail my audience. <laughs> God, boys. This guy, guys. I mean, I have a, I have a distinct feeling we're gonna be, we're gonna have some enjoyable riffs throughout. Yeah, this yeah.
1: Because he was not fucking around right there with that he last. He was
0: fucking around there, and he definitely wasn't fucking around in the awe uh, of Booker T. Mr. Booker T. Washington and another. So yes, the fact that he worked it into the beginning of this one makes me think that trend ain't going away. Yes. All right. Blank page. Blank page. David, do you want to take uh, a? I want to take chapter one. the black
1: worker. You're not taking the uh, whole thing. Don't get carried okay, away. Don't
0: get fine. greedy. God.
1: Shh. All right. How black men coming to America in the 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th centuries became a central thread in the history of the United States, at once a challenge to its democracy, an always important part of its economic history and social development. And it starts easily the most... Rem- oh, by the way, that was just a subheading of the whole thing. Yes, that's yeah, like it was, the... It was a the, very long subheading. Much subheading. smaller text up at the top, you know, kind of... It everything. was like Les Miserables has the longest sentence in in any recorded book. That was the longest subheading. Does it now? Yeah, it was like 800-something words. God Damn it. It's insane. Uh, So anyway, easily, the most dramatic episode in American history was the sudden move to free four million black slaves in an effort to stop a great civil war, to end 40 years of bitter controversy, and to appease the moral sense of civilization. From the day of its birth, the anomaly of slavery slavery plagued a nation which asserted the equality of all men and sought to derive powers of government from the consent of the governed within sound voices of those who said this lived more than a half million black slaves forming nearly one fifth of the population of a new nation. The black population at the time of the first census had ridden to three quarters of a million. And there were over a million at the beginning of the 19th century before 1830, the blacks had passed the 2 million Mark helped by the increased importations just before before 1808, and the illicit smuggling up until 1820. By their own reproduction, the Negroes reached 3.5 Point million, I'm going to say, it's like 3638, it's a lot of numbers, in 1850, and before the Civil War, stood at 4.4 million. They were 10% of the whole population of the nation in 1700, 22% in 1750, 18.9% in 1800, and 11.6 in 1900. And, I mean, he was not shy about, like, importations, illicit, I mean, these were slaves, they don't get over here nicely. No. Um, these workers were not all black and not all Africans and not all slaves. In 1860, at least 90 percent were born in the United States. 13 percent were visibly of white as well as Negro descent. And actually more than one fourth were probably of white Indian and Negro blood. In 1860, 11% of these dark folk were free workers, which I mean, still 89% were yeah. enslaved. A- 1860,
0: 89% of your, your African
1: Yeah. Rate. I also, of course, there was the dig about like slavery is kind of curious in a, a place of, uh-huh. of free equality. Yeah. And then, of course, he he mentions, you know, indigenous people a little later here, which is- Yes. It cuts those lines a little more clearly too. So good. Uh, in origin, the slaves represented everything African, although most of them originated on or near the West Coast. Yet among them appeared the great Bantu tribes from Sierra Leone to South Africa, the Sudanese straight across the center of the continent, from the Atlantic to the Valley of the Nile, the Nilotic Negroes and the black and brown Hamites allied with Egypt, the tribes of the Great Lakes, the Pygmies and the Hottentots. Hottentots, yeah. Hottentots. And in addition to these, distinct traces of both Berber and Arab blood. There is no doubt of the presence of all these various elements and the mass of 10 million or more Negroes transported from Africa to the various Americas from the 15th to 19th centuries.
0: Okay, guys, we're getting into a little bit of the uh, the fun Marx time. This is this is giving me flashbacks of capital. Uh, there's a <laughs> lot of numbers going on here. Uh, and I'm not 100% sure why we need them. So. I have, I've read nothing about coats and linen, so you're uh, okay. You're right. There's no coats and linen yet. I'm just saying. this. <laughs> I, my role is to call them as I see them. That's how I
1: see them. Most of them that came to the continent went through West Indian tutelage and thus finally appeared in the United States. They brought with them their religion and rhythmic song and some traces of art and tribal customs. After a lapse of two and a half centuries, the Negroes became a settled working population, speaking English or French, professing Christianity, and used principally in agricultural toil. Moreover, they mingled their blood with white and red American to today less than 25% of the Negro Americans are unmixed African descent. So long as slavery was a matter of race and color, it made the conscience of the nation
0: uneasy and continually affronted its ideals. The men who wrote the Constitution sought by every evasion and almost by subterfuge to keep recognition of slavery out of the basic form of the new government. They founded their hopes on the prohibition of the slave trade, being sure that without continual additions from abroad, this tropical people would not long survive. And thus the problem of slavery would disappear in death. They miscalculated or did not foresee the changing economic <laughs> world. That's a uh, that's a bit of a generous uh, yeah. generous interpretation there, there, W. <laughs> um, it might be more profitable in the West Indies to kill the slaves by overwork and import cheap Africans. But in
1: America, without a slave trade, it paid to conserve the slave and let him multiply. Yeah, now I do got to stop you because W Please. W is a fine thing to call W.E.B. Du Bois, except that we have a W.
0: Well, I'm taking, I, that I'm, I'm that taking hurt it back. I'm taking it back. That hurt to hear. I'm reclaiming it for for us. <laughs> for
1: W.E.B. Du Bois. Yes. For, for, for
0: Which, us. Which, yeah, definitely for not for Black. us. No. Oh, super not that.
1: Um, all right. Yeah. Our yeah. W fucking sucks. RW
0: does suck. I'm this
1: su- W is cool. This W
0: is very cool.
1: Yes. Um, he would also probably not want you to say W, W, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I, am a Double, man, I am a man w. from Harvard. He is, he is in fact a Harvard man. Um,
0: uh, all right. Dr. Du Bois. Fine. All right. Fine. Fine. Um, <laughs> Okay, where did I? You've thrown me off. When, therefore, manifestly, the Negroes were not dying out, there came quite naturally new excuses and explanations. It was a matter of social condition. Gradually, these people would be free, but freedom could only come to the bulk as the freed were transplanted to their own land and country. Since the living together of black and white in America was unthinkable, so again, the nation waited, and its conscience sank to sleep. I okay. think that is kind of insane that yeah. and and I'm not saying it's wrong by any stretch, but it is absolutely insane that the the founding fathers or whoever's their 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 whole idea for how we would get rid of slavery was, well, I mean, if we stop the slave trade eventually they'll all die, right, and then then we're fine,
1: then we're good. Yeah. Like, yeah, also, did the slave it, trade not die until, like, a little bit after the nation reform, like, till after the war? Of oh, 182? yeah. Oh, for for sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, this was not at, at the founding. This was something that they Yeah, ra- I was going to say, that was with. a little curious line, but I do like how he... But the founders were still actively involved in leading the nation at that yeah. time. I mean, you still well, had a majority okay. of them were origi- were like, oh, gee, founders. You hadn't replaced that generation yet.
1: That's fair. That's fair. And I, I do like how he kind of took right to task in the Constitution and the words of equality. The way it works... And we've talked about this before. Right. Democracy sounds fine. But who's the demos? That's the most Uh, important part. yeah. Right. You know, I mean, we've talked about that. Like, if, if you go to prison, you're not part of the demos. Well, why, that's unless not democracy. Fl- unless you're
0: in Florida. Hey, Florida. If,
1: I see you if, out there doing one good thing. If you're, if you're an undocumented undom- immigrant, you know, you're not part of the demos, right? And yeah. that's, that's not cool. That's, but, you're affected by, but, by all these decisions. But David, what about the three million illegal immigrants that voted yeah. in our last election? God, dang and... it. Uh, you know, voter suppression types where you go to wow. these, these crowded cities and they're, they're low, you know, voting, they're uh, low polling places you're sitting in line for hours they make it very intense with ID laws to try to get to voting which means homeless people essentially don't get to be uh, or house people don't get to be part of the demos Um, you know you poor people can't be part of the demos people can't get off work for it you're closing the polling places early you know closing polling places altogether and not telling people there's there's tight restrictions on voting in advance and and as absentee ballots Mm -hmm. and sometimes you're rejected from absentee ballots without being told properly like you should be Um, you know and then of course there's all of the places the U.S. occupies, you know, you're you're not going to go to to Puerto Rico or Guam and see the same government structure and voting structure as you see in Missouri. No. you know, but the U.S. explicitly occupies there. There's implicit occupation in Iraq. I mean, before that embassy was attacked, um, that that's the central base of all the the Middle Eastern you Afghanistan know, kind of, has been occupied. I mean, yeah, it's been for two decades. I don't, right. I don't see them getting a lot of. Say Did you see the one day the one day Taliban deal that yeah. fell right apart? I,
0: it's, come <laughs> on, guys. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Come on. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, all, so he's like, you know, this is how they dealt with the slaves. It's like, okay, well, and, you know, you're, you're defining the demos, and the way to do it is you just erase people, you know, yeah. you, this, this democracy wasn't for, you know, working class people even then. So yeah. property owner, that, that's it. You know, it's never been really for indigenous people who should own the land. They should control the land. I mean, yeah. we should be changing our entire economy to go away from ownership of the land to relationship of the land. And that's going to take an economic structure that's more in line with, with some combination of indigenous cultures and, and socialism. It needs to be led by indigenous people. Yep. Um, you know, these black, these slaves, they, they weren't part of the demo. So, you know, it's, it's this kind of game of, Oh, you just don't mention them. It's just it's implied yeah. that they're not human. They don't count. Yeah, it's only the, the it's people the hallmark, that count are in the in the bin. It's the hallmark of every bougie revolution mm-hmm. that's ever been. The French Revolution
0: was the same way. It's, yeah, uh, they're all any of the the, the English Civil War. All of these bougie revolutions all had the same fallback of just they, they they were very concerned about a different group of people holding the reins of power. They weren't yes. concerned about any form of true equality or anything like that or, or representative democracy
1: in any meaningful way. Right, right. Because that would threaten their power. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that's why, you know, you can't even be, I mean, neutral on a moving train, you can't even be truly equal because there is already an established power. You have to upend that. Yeah. But even in these these bougie liberal democracies where you just let that go, it, they're still not actually an even playing field or, or even a pretend playing field. They just shutter the the yeah. you know should not haves out of out out of the bin and then you're you're not allowed in the arena you're not allowed to play
0: yeah so yeah but in a rich and eager land wealth and work multiplied they twisted new and intricate patterns around the earth slowly but mightily these black workers were integrated into modern industry on free and fertile land americans raised not simply sugar as a cheap sweetening rice for food and tobacco as a new and tickling luxury (laughs) but they began to grow a fiber that clothed the masses of a ragged world Cotton grew so swiftly that the 9,000 bales of cotton, which the new nation scarcely noticed in 1791, became 79,000 in 1800. We are getting dangerously close to bolts of linen. Dangerously close. I'm just saying. Uh and with this increase walked economic revolution in a dozen different lines. The cotton crop reached one half million bales in 1822, a million bales in 1831, two million in 1840, three million in 1852. Thank you, Dr. DeBois. And in the year of succession, stood at then enormous total of five million bales. And five million bales of cotton turned into two million coats. (laughs) God (laughs) damn it! No! (laughs) I say no! I've done that book one and a half times, and it's more than I ever want to have to do it again. Uh, such facts and others, coupled with the increase of slaves to which they were related as both cause and effect, meant a new world. And all the more so because, with the increase in American cotton and Negro slaves, came both by chance and ingenuity new miracles for manufacturing, and particularly for the spinning and weaving
1: of cloth. The giant forces of water and of steam were harnessed to do the world's work, and the black workers of America bent at the bottom of a growing pyramid of commerce and industry. And they not only could not be spared if this new economic organization was to expand, but rather they became the cause of a new political demands and alignments of new dreams of power and visions of empire. If I can only- <laughs> yes. Yes. If I can only yes. own the whole cotton trade, I can rule the world. That's Fucked up. Yeah. Uh, first of all, their work called for widening stretches of new, rich black soil in Florida, in Louisiana, in Mexico, and even in Kansas. I like how the evening was Kansas and not Mexico. <laughs> I mean, come on. Have you looked at Kansas? No. Right. Yeah. <laughs> This land, added to the cheap labor and labor easily regulated and distributed, made profits so high that a whole system of culture arose in the South with new leisure and social philosophy. Black labor became a foundation stone not only of the southern social structure, but of northern manufacture and commerce, of the English factory system of European commerce, of buying and selling in a worldwide scale. New cities were built on the results of black labor and a new labor problem involving all-white labor arose both in Europe and in America. Uh, the antebellum South can get fucked.
0: Yeah. I don't think that needs to be said that explicitly, um, but I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah. Um, that whole thing where you're talking about, that—that that is the, that image of this mythical past is what gets so appealed to when you're trying to do people that are trying to imagine this this view of the south when it was something oh well before this it was we were all laying around and sipping mint juleps on the front porch it's like fuck off no the whole premise of that like that's why i get wildly <laughs> triggered's not the right word but it, it just i upset all of the views anytime fire i see fire in that, your belly Ole when i Ole miss's football team the the yeah. whole anytime you see this this portrayal of the south it, it, it happens most when you have those pl- fucking plantation weddings. Mm-hmm. Whenever you've got this, oh, but it was such a gorgeous time. They had time to do all this because they had an unlimited amount of unearned wealth just yeah. piling up, and they had nothing but time to sit around and fucking do shit and have debutante balls and and worry about which fucking fork to use. They were goddamn like sl- literal slave owners mm-hmm. that were only able to import and take part in this lifestyle because they were stealing labor and life and humanity from another group of people. Mm-hmm. So, I don't give a shit if you like columned houses for your wedding pictures, get fucked and go do it anywhere else. Like this is non stop being proud of that or trying to make it into something it was like it was in some neutral cultural time stone like oh, this is the same as Victorian architecture. Fuck off. Fuck off. No it isn't. It's <laughs> it's dumb and it's fucking it is just so infuriating, and as someone that has an immense amount of my family living in the South, um, oh, just fucking infuriates me anytime it shows but up. They're, I mean, they're not racist, Nathan. They're rebels. That's well, no, they're but rebels. that's the fucking thing is I'm not even talking about. People. <laughs> there are people that'll put up a fucking Confederate flag. Like you're you're painting on your. Sleeve what you are. The people that'll try and do this subtle shit where they try and appeal to like southern culture and southern values and, and and the antebellum system or something like that, they they tend to try and hide it and pretend that they're not wild races. And that's you know, that's more infuriating to me. Fair. fair that fair. is infinitely more yeah, infuriating to me. Not, it fucking
1: drives me insane. Not gonna argue against that one. <sighs> all right, I'm mad. You keep reading. All right. First <laughs> of all, their work called for widening stretches oh no way. No, uh, thus the old difficulties. Uh, oh, there we go. Thus the old difficulties and paradoxes appeared in new dress. It became easy to say and easier to prove that these black men were not men in the sense that white men were, and could never be, in the same sense, free. Their slavery was a matter of both race and social condition, but the condition was limited and determined by race. They were congenial wards and children to be well treated and cared for, but far happier and safer here than on their own land. As the Richmond, Virginia, ex- Examiner put it in 1854. Get ready to hear some racism. Oh, guys, guys. Let us not bother our brains about what Providence intends to do with our Negroes in the distant future, but glory in and profit to the utmost by what he has done for them in transplanting them here and setting them to work on our plantations. True philanthropy to the Negro. And by the way, (laughs) that really underscores fucked up. That's, That's shitty to call philanthropy, and philanthropy is bullshit. that's pretty bad keep keep going okay okay. Uh, to the negro begins like charity at home and if southern men would act as if the canopy of heaven were inscribed with the covenant in letters of fire that the negro is here and here forever is our property and ours forever they would accomplish more good for the race in five years than they boast in the institution itself and have accomplished in two centuries thank god we are done with that quote (laughs) Yep.
0: That's yeah. that's uh white savior is real and as yeah, a thing and that's and that's exist. the
1: outcome of it. It's less explicit these days yes. because it has to be less explicit. It's, it has to be more subtle. It's, it's, but it's, that's that's white saviorism right there. It's so
0: clear and so and again this is the people that still think like that yeah. don't like Just because they're writing it in a New York Times opinion piece now does not mean they think it in any less explicit terms. Yeah. Just because they can couch their language better, that. When you hear them start trying to make these half measures and these fucking double-sided well, talk, th- think of that sentence because
1: that's what they actually think. I, I don't even care about intention too much because I mean, we talk about this with propaganda, right? It's not, it's not that every single person in the news is in on it. It's that enough people are in on it and 90% of the news doesn't give a shit and just trust them, right? It's the same thing. I don't don't care how explicit they think it when they write for New York Times. If if it's as implicit and covered by dog whistles and perfectly nice and they don't understand where they're wrong in their head, the outcome is the fucking same.
0: Exactly. And that's my point is that when they when they couch it, it is just to sneak it by. Yes. Better. And it maybe is not, they're
1: sneaking it by themselves. They're still just sneaking still, it by. by. You it's should still same. call
0: them just as much a racist as the person that wrote that piece because yeah. they are on the same level. Just one is more explicit than the other. Yeah. Yep. All right. On the other hand, the growing exploitation of white labor in Europe, the rise of the factory system, the increased monopoly of land, and the problem of distribution of political power began to send wave after wave of immigrants to America looking for new freedom, new opportunity, and new democracy. The opportunity for real and new democracy in America was broad. Political power at first was, as usual, confined to property holders and an aristocracy of birth and learning, but it was never securely based on land. Land was free, and both land and property were possible to nearly every thrifty worker. Schools began early to multiply and open their doors, even to the poor laborer. Birth began to count for less and less, and America became, to the world, a land of economic opportunity. So the world came to America even before the Revolution, and afterwards, during the 19th century, 19 million immigrants entered the United States. When we compare these figures with the cotton crop and the increase of black workers, we see how the economic problem increased in intricacy. The intricacy is shown by the persons in the drama and of their differing and opposing interests. There were the native-born Americans, largely of English descent, who were the property holders and employers. And even so far as they were poor, they looked forward to the time when they could accumulate capital and become, as they put
1: it, economically, quote-unquote, independent. Yep. So, I mean, this dreaming, even if you're not a property owner in the bourgeoisie, you are still aligning yourself totally as a bourgeoisie. There's a thought in the book Settlers, and I have not read that book in detail nor do i have the the place to dispute what's in it um and, but the thought is a little i think i have his other book out OK. In the library. But the, the, it does seem a little strong that like white people can't be the proletariat. Right. Yeah. But th- there's a bunch of good thought that comes around that, that that brings that to that indisputably that brings to that conclusion. And this is kind of relying on the same thing. If you have the attitude of I could be the property owner or what does it do to me? Or, you know, you look at downtrodden. If there's a level of downtrodden below you and yes. you're holding your interest above theirs, not necessarily as an div- individual because you could be a class trader, Right. Yes. Like, let's say he's totally right i would still be fine I need to be a class trader then yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. um but and so you can still be a class trader but the idea that there's no such thing as, as a white proletariat comes from th- this idea you know they want to be independent they want to be the owners of property they can't disassociate themselves and show themselves as unless they want to play victim they can't they can't set themselves couch themselves in a mindset of being the oppressed against the oppressor they're happy to turn around and oppress themselves and I think that's I mean I think that Definitely in America, that probably holds far more sway than
0: anywhere else. Um, I obviously think in, in, let's say, England, let's say Russia, let's say... Uh, you know, something like that. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, think I can see there being an actual working class there, except they're still imperialists for the They're the absolutely the still imperialists, but then if the argument is is that no white person there could be a member of the proletariat, yeah. then what's your No, then, then... He, he meant, and no whites, no settlers can be the proletariat. Okay, okay, that that jives then. That, yeah. That I can, oh, yeah, because yeah, the name of the book is fucking Settlers, isn't it? Yeah. Just, okay, okay <laughs> it fucking yeah, okay, yeah. Right, you know, and again, off. I
1: mean, maybe meeting that right, maybe he is right, you know, no, we'll, and, and, we'll, and, 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 wh- and the only white proletariat that's useful are class traders. That class and, traders as a proletariat because I've said that before, I've said there's almost you know and'm I'm, I'm much less politically versed than, than him um, but I've, I've said before uh, that you know there's essentially a lump in proletariat of, of colonized people even when they fit into the proletariat and we have to fight for them. Yeah. Right, I mean, you, if you're not including the peasant class, maybe we should think of them less as peasant and more as a proletariat.
0: For sure. Yeah. Anyone who is more familiar with uh, uh Jay Sakai's writing, and, yeah. and wants to come into uh, wants to either hit me up in Discord or or on, maybe we should uh, just
1: get to that book at some point. On
0: I David, we should get to every book at some well, point, okay, but fair. there is a linear amount of time that we have in the world. Fair, fair. This um, is going to be a big one. Yeah, this is going to be about say in nine. We 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 were we might want to talk about Gramsci eventually, and right now <laughs> that might be in 2021. If we're fucking. (laughs) lucky so before i go too far off the rails again okay we may but again yes anyone is familiar with Jason? i know i think yeah i have his other book which is i think on the lumpen proletariat like it's 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 an interesting looking book yeah um but i still haven't read it because (laughs) an infinite number of books that i'm supposed to be reading on a minute by minute basis and it's never going to stop because i am an you know my hubris knows no bounds yeah god is angry with me um But yeah, so uh, back to talking about the
1: actual (laughs) goddamn book. Um, But I mean, he's saying that, right? These white people might be the poor white people, right? Yeah but they want to be the slaveholders holder. Someday. And, and, and back and so, in that time, I think that that
0: was a much more real, I think, and I think Du Bois is even acknowledging it from the time he was writing to then, you know, yeah. to, up to then that the concept of coming into America when it was literally all you had to do for land was walk over there and like, go take it. Like his, his talking about oh, the yeah, land there were, was there.
1: there were land grabs in Kansas right after the, the civil war. There's like, it was all over the place. The whole, yeah, the whole the, concept of there the was, whole Oregon trail. Idea. The only
0: thing impeding you from doing that was your actual desire to do that. Whereas mm-hmm. now, AT, uh, the, the 49ers all of yeah, that, yeah. there's so many more the barriers that exist now that that whole concept is not even germane i think in america in, in american the american psyche you know i think it still has its remnants i think anyone that is oh it has more than remnants it's, it is still it's still <laughs> fundamental in how we see ourselves as americans yes. um because it's, there's still that concept of the you know the
1: Bootstraps,
0: yeah, bootstraps, and then that old chinky thing. You know, you've got people that are voting obviously against their own self-interest, under the assumption that at some point that kind of a policy will impact them. Um, like again, people that are voting against their self-interest, yeah, it's the disaffected millionaire thing. It's the nobody in America sees themselves as poor. We are temporarily inconvenienced millionaires, and and sooner or later we will be there, and we won't. We want to make sure that the policy is favorable to us when we get there. It's like, yeah, they earn their property. How dare you steal from them? Exactly, think, they, and know. they're doing it on the basis of theoretical future property yeah. that they don't have and probably would never have. But it's so ingrained in us and convinced that you can get it and it's just a matter of of, of working hard. And because these people do. these, A lot of these people, especially the poor people I know, work harder than any fucking CEO I know do more actual labor. So their theory is, I am working hard. So if I work hard, therefore I will get the thing. It may just come at this hypothetical
1: future date that I don't know about yet. Yeah, and, and then you can rail on them about the lazy asses and... Yeah. Yeah. you can racially code it and then and, and, they, and they can look all. at someone below them and say they deserve it yeah.
0: they do it all the time mm-hmm. yeah. so again it's it's very much ingrained but i think it's going i think again generationally that's going away more and more and more again uh, we've been talking about oh you just need the old people to die <laughs> I, again i say that cuz it's like oh we just need the old people to die and we'll be okay fuck no uh uh-uh, uh trust me i've i've been on facebook i'm a, there are plenty of people in my uh, age group that I was will not say, save there's us there's plenty of
1: there's plenty of reactionaries that i think the pinkerton it, course is a little is is not not the best idea but i get what you're saying the, the, the idea of I can make it myself is a little a little less ingrained over time just because people are disconnected from the land grabs more and more and more.
0: It, it, yeah, and it's – when you don't see – I mean how you need to see that happen.
1: As as vertical uh, – what do you call it where you can go up a class? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, like vertical ascendancy or the ability sure. to go up in class. Yeah, I must about to say, why don't we just say the yeah. ability to go up as, in class. As that shrinks, because that does shrink, that indisputably has shrunk oh, yeah. over time oh, in, my God, in yes. America. You know, less people are going to dream of that because it looks uh, more less realistic. Enough. But you could tell that there's a certain amount of people that even feel left, right? I mean, this is and this is something deep. you got to be very careful in Social Democrats because we certainly have Social Democrats we want to radicalize, right? We we want to bring with us. I mean, that, that I, seems I, like a, a ripe
0: group. I don't know if there's any social democrats i don't want to radicalize i
1: think they're all close enough but there's a lot in the social democrats that have a level of white chauvinism that is so insanely right wing and you've just, you've just got to scratch enough to find it. Yeah. And that's, but that's, I mean, if there's anything
0: I learned from fucking black Bolshevik, that's in
1: every, that's
0: in as far a
1: leftist group, any group you get up that white journalism is a real threat that will always. And you can, you can hear it because it's always the argument of, and and this is why I hate the boomer thing so much, because it's always the argument of like, you know, you took our opportunities or the past generations took our opportunities. And there's no, of course. and, And you know, there's this idea of like, of course, millennials, hate things that are killing everything. It's just a code for people being poor. That's a good analysis of it. But then people say, you know, of course millennials are doing that. No one can move up in class. And to some point, that's factual. That's good to to point out that as capitalism goes on, that goes away. But your goal isn't to make people able to move up in class again. Your goal is to be just. Yeah, it depends on what... To liberate the oppressed people. Exactly. But that's not... I mean, that's... uh, You're just
0: talking coded language there at that point. Anyone that's saying we want to move up in class isn't even a social... No one...
1: No, No, right, but they're not. They're not going to say that explicitly. They're going to say things like, you know, of course you thought that you could do that more back in the day. You can't do that these days. And it depends on how when they're saying it. How it's tough to to catch that dog whistle because there's times where you're like pointing out that fact, and there's times where that's a dog whistle. And it depends on the tone and when and how they say it. You know,
0: very much. I'd say, yeah, that's. I'm I'm at the point where I'm less concerned about made up sock dem whistles at this point that I am the, I got bigger fucking fish to fry than trying to invent dog whistles for sock dems to be using. I uh, no no, I'm not inventing a dog whistle. I that's... know, but like I need what where has it been used? Like when has that come up? I've never I just feel like I've, I've run never into that seen that a lot. I've never seen it like that.
1: in the Matthew Stroller type group.
0: <laughs> but then that's not even fucking sock dems at that point, is it? Isn't that just milk toast live at that point? I guess. I don't know. I don't. Know. It's it depends. If you use that dog whistle, stop. It's yeah. it's dumb. It's but again, if you're if you're this deep into our show, you're not using that dog whistle because you don't <laughs> fucking believe that shit. And if you do, what have you been doing with the last two years of your life? Because yeah. that's a lot of time to spend listening to us and not have got the fucking point yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus. Um, someone someone linked us on Reddit the other day. Someone was ar- trying to argue that that Marx was a, a sock dem. Uh, and they linked us? <laughs> no. Okay. The person, oh, arguing them, the person arguing with them linked our, uh, he said, they said the Paris Commune was an example of of him being like a, a libertarian socialist. Um, and, and his supportive of it. And someone linked our episode of the Paris Commune and go, you should probably listen to this. <laughs> I was like, oh, that person's not going to have a good time with me just no. screaming at Padonas for an hour. <laughs> that might be our one star rating. That, oh, no, we found it. No, trust me. No, those we come by those honestly. People people, people <laughs> loathe me for, for good reason. It's
1: fine. I, I bring it on. Um, All right. Then there were new, oh, I lost. Then there were the new immigrants, torn with a certain violence from, from their older social and economic surroundings, strangers in a new land, with visions of rising in the social and economic world by means of labor. They differed in language and social status, varying from the half-starved Irish peasant to the educated German and English artisan. They were the free Negroes, those of the there were the free Negroes, those of the <laughs> the North, free in some cases for many generations, and voters and in other cases, fugitives new come from the South, with little skill and small knowledge of life and labor in their new environment. The, there were the free Negroes of the South, an unstable, harried class living in on sufferance of the law and the goodwill of white patrons, and yet rising to be the workers and sometimes owners of property and even of slaves and cultured citizens. The There was the great mass of poor whites disinherited from their economic portion by competition with the slave system and land monopoly. In the earlier history of the South, free Negroes had the right to vote.
0: Indeed, so far as the letter of the law was concerned, there was not a single southern colony in which a black man who owned the requisite amount of property and complied with other conditions did not at some period had the legal right to vote. Negroes voted in Virginia as late as 1723 when the assembly enacted that no free Negro, mulatto, or Indian shall hereafter have any vote at the election of Burgesses or any election whatsoever. In North Carolina, by the Act of 1734, a former discrimination against Negro voters was laid, out, it was laid aside and not reenacted until 1835. A complaint in South Carolina in 1701 said several free Negroes were received and taken as good f- electors as the best freeholders in the province. Oh, so that we leave it with your lordships to judge whether admitting aliens, strangers, servants, Negroes, etc., as good and qualified voters can be thought any ways agreeable to King Charles patent to your lordships or the English constitution of government. God damn, we talk stupid Uh again in 1716. Jews and Negroes who had been voting were expressly excluded because why not in Georgia? There was at first no color discrimination. Only owners of 50 acres of land could vote in 1761, voting was expressly confined to white men. Mm, there it is. Mm-hmm. In the states carved out of the Southwest, there were they were disenfranchised as soon as the state came into the Union. Although in Kentucky, they voted between 1792 and 1799. Weird to think of Kentucky as the Southwest. Uh, <laughs> and Tennessee allowed free Negroes to vote in her constitution in 1796. In North Carolina, where, disenfranch- where even disenfranchisement in 1835 did not apply to Negroes who already had the right to vote, it was said that the several hundred Negroes who had been voting before then usually voted prudently and judiciously. Uh, They're the good ones. It's good guys. (laughs) In Delaware and Maryland, they voted in the latter part of the 18th century. In Louisiana, Negroes who had had the right to vote during territorial status were not disenfranchised. To sum up, in colonial times, the free Negro was excluded from the suffrage only in Georgia, South Carolina, and Virginia. In the border states, Delaware disenfranchised the Negro in 1792, Maryland in 1783, and 1810. They how do you to, do it twice? They needed to go back and do it <laughs> one more time. It didn't take the first time. Oh, guys, it's everyone's favorite. In the Southeast, Florida disenfranchised Ooh. Negroes in 1845. And in the Southwest, Louisiana disenfranchised them in 1812. Mississippi in 1817. Alabama in 1819. Missouri in 1821. Arkansas in 1836. Texas in 1845. Georgia in her constitution of 1777 confined voters to white males. But this was omitted in the constitutions of 1789 and 1798 Uh, as slavery grew to a system of the cotton kingdom began to expand into imperial white domination a free negro was a contradiction a threat and a menace as a thief and a vagabond he threatened society but as an educated property holder a successful mechanic or even professional man he more than threatened slavery he contradicted and undermined it he must not be he must be suppressed enslaved colonized,
1: and nothing so bad could be said about him that did not easily appear as true to slaveholders. In the North, Negroes, for the most part, received political enfranchisement with the white laboring classes. In 1778, the Congress of the Confederation twice refused to insert the word white in the Articles of Confederation in asserting that free inhabitants in each state should be entitled to all the privileges and immunities of free citizens of several states. The Law of 1783, free Negroes were... Recognized as a basis of taxation, and in 1784, they were recognized as voters in the territories. In the Northwest Ordinance of 1787, free male inhabitants of full age were recognized as voters. The few Negroes that were in Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont could vote if they had the property qualifications. In Connecticut, they were disenfranchised in 1814. In 1865, this restriction was – uh, retained and Negroes did not regain the right until after the Civil War. In New Jersey, they were disenfranchised in 1807, but regained the right in 1820 and lost it again in 1847.
0: <laughs> Roller coaster ride, New Jersey. Yeah,
1: holy shit! Uh, Negroes voted in New York in the 18th century, then were disenfranchised, but in 1821 were permitted to vote with a discriminatory property qualification of 250 dollars, which was a lot back then. Yes, it was. Uh, no property qualifications was required of whites. That seems fair. Attempts were made at various. Times to remove this qualification, but it was not removed until 1870. In Rhode Island, they were disenfranchised, and so I love that, uh, by the way, uh, you can't vote if you're black, uh, but we're going to go fight the slavery war, but just don't vote. <laughs> don't don't, don't vote. voting. Yeah. Uh, in Rhode Island, they were disenfranchised in the Constitution, which followed Doors' Rebellion, but, in, but finally allowed the vote in 1842. In Pennsylvania, they were allowed to vote until 1838, and then the Reform Convention <laughs> restricted the suffrage to white. That's an interesting reform, guys. That is an inter- it is not air-quoted for no reason. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting reform. The Western states as territories did not usually restrict the suffrage, but as they were admitted to the Union, they disenfranchised the Negroes. Ohio in 1803. That's a Western state. Holy cow. Uh, Indiana in 1816. Illinois in 1818. Michigan in 1837. Iowa in 1846. Wisconsin in 1848. Minnesota in 1858. And Kansas in 1861. That is a lot of disenfranchisement years. A lot of disenfranchisement over a lot of years. Yes. Spoiler alert, guys. We disenfranchise people. It's what yes. we do. Uh, the Northwest Ordinance and even the Louisiana Purchase had made no color discrimination in legal and political rights. But the states admitted from this territory specifically and from the first denied free black men the right to vote and pass codes of black laws in Ohio, Indiana and elsewhere, instigated largely by the attitude and fears of the immigrant poor whites from the South. Thus, at first, Kansas and the West, the problem of the black worker was narrow and unspecific. Neither the North nor the West asked the black labor in the United States to be free and enfranchised. On the contrary, they accepted slave labor as a fact, but they were determined that it should be territorial and restricted and should not compete with the free white labor. There it is. There is There is a consistent thread in American history. Um, things are obviously put into place and exist and and feed and and nurture and cater to an predominantly white super wealthy ruling class who exploits everyone and they get their way time and time again by looking at the the poor white class that they've created to exploit and making sure that they're in a competition so that anytime they want to eat uh, they're looking at the further exploited classes, the formerly enslaved and, and super poor black Americans, uh, the, the later immigrants, which are a completely different category from the, the white immigrants at the time, the, the global south modern immigrants, you know, especially from uh, Latin American countries. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the indigenous people who are ripped off the land. And they, they set policies where the competition is brought to a head. And so, They make it the white working class that has to attack these people and so then they can wash their hands of it. You know, it's the, the former white unions that, you know, all of a sudden there were, the unions were losing their union job to, to cheaper black work and black work was the scab. So you have to, you know, attack the black people in very inhumane ways. Never mind that they're more disenfranchised than you. You should be working with them against your masters. You're, you're defending your territory. You're killing them. It's the, you know, indigenous people you're ripping the land from. Um, and so by Ripping the land from them. That's your choice of profit. There's your freedom. There's your land. There's your there's your meal ticket. So take it away. And if they try to fight you, you know, and take their land back, you're killing them. They're coming after your land, your family's property. You know, it's it's always this. And so this is talking about now with the Louisiana Purchase, very explicitly that same kind of thing. Yep. Go out, you know, we just purchased land from France. It, it didn't need to belong to France. It belongs to indigenous people and their relationship to the land. Whatever, rip them off. You go get your land grabbed. we talked about the Kansas. This land grabs, you know, uh, of course, after the yeah. the uh, uh, Civil War. Uh, but the whole Louisiana Purchase was this whole territory to be settled. And that's all settlement is, is this is your opportunity to stop being poor, your, your opportunity for your real life. Go out there and get it. Um, if someone indigenous wants their land back, wants to defend their land, they're a threat to you and your family and your livelihood, not the people that have exploited you, but these people. And any black people that come over, they're threatening your opportunity. They're making the group too big and the resources to grab from too small, in your opinion, no matter how correct that opinion is. And you need to defend your grab. It is a wonder Mm -hmm. that the
0: African-American community did not take Lincoln up on that opportunity to go down and colonize themselves of South America. <laughs> <laughs> it is remarkable that a group of people that saw how effectively colonization can, uh, can absolutely lead to you fucking another group of people did not want to take
1: part of that in South America. I don't, don't understand. Not it. only lead you to, 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 you know, it's not not even just the do gooderiness although I would, I would certainly put a higher morality uh, on the black people that refused that than the white settlers for goddamn sure. But I, I don't even know if it was a moral thing. They saw firsthand when you have a opportunity for land grabbing how they become the victims as well mm-hmm. in the land grab and that's what this is talking about louisiana purchase so it could have i i, I don't want to say it's just an expediency it very much could have been a moral thing and certainly the fact that they didn't take it shows a lot more moral fervor than than white people in general had yeah, uh, not not a high bar to meet but also it could have just been an expediency thing expediency thing based on these exact experiences oh yeah
0: What was the industrial system for which the South fought and risked life, reputation, and wealth, and which a growing element in the North viewed first with hesitating tolerance, then with distaste, and finally with economic fear and moral horror? What did it mean to be a slave? It is hard to imagine it today. We think of oppression beyond all conception, cruelty, degradation, whipping, starvation, the absolute negation of human rights. Or on the contrary, we may think of the ordinary worker the world over today, slaving 10, 12 or 14 hours a day with not enough to eat, compelled by the physical necessities to do this and not to do that, curtailed in his movements and his possibilities. And we say here, too, is a slave called a free worker. And slavery is merely a matter of name. The right to work, the right to be a slave. Uh uh I think, yeah, but there, there was in 1863 a real meaning to slavery, different from that, that we apply to labor today. It was in part psychological. The enforced personal feeling of inferiority, the calling of another master, the standing with hat in hand. It was the helplessness. It was the defenselessness of family life. It was the submergence below the arbitrary will of any sort of individual. It was without doubt worse in these vital respects than that which exists today in Europe or America. Its analog today is the yellow, brown, and black laborer in China and India and Africa in the forest of the Amazon. And it was this slavery that fell in America. So, yeah,
1: that. That's, I think, an important. That needs to be highlighted big time. Yes. Um, I, I do not know how many people need to hear that.
0: Yeah. And I think that, I, I think there's been some, uh, some people give push. It's interesting when you see people ending up on the wrong sides of arguments trying to triangulate correctly. But I've heard, you know, people gave, I think the, the, Like Fox News and everyone that was giving Bernie, someone was giving someone shit for comparing wage slavery to actual slavery. Yeah. And the argument was, well, are you kidding me? This is insane. And then the left is going, well, no, wage slavery is actual slavery. It's the same thing. There's no there's no difference. Of course they're right. They're they're right. They should have said that. And then I think this is the important no, no, it's not. They were not the same thing. To compare anything today, any any series of existence that is not chattel slavery to chattel fucking slavery. Yeah, is disingenuous and is going to alienate you from a large group of people that you should be speaking to, because anyone that has experience or has family experience or has has done any looking into chattel slavery. Trying to tell them that your job at McDonald's is just as bad as chattel slavery, while it may feel awful to you, and while it is really, really bad, and that needs to be—it is exploitative, and it is—it is a horrible system designed to degrade you as a human. It is not fucking chattel slavery, not even close. And there is a again, all there's, of the same a... economic motivations are there for chattel mm-hmm. slavery, mm-hmm. and then there's an added layer of fuck. Yeah. Like you, I, I sh- you should not need that explained to you, and there is no tangible benefit to you trying to make that kind of a comparison yeah. other than you trying to feel I don't even know you're trying to co-opt an experience you have no business co-opting stop it yeah. just stop doing
1: it yeah the only the only thing that you can remotely compare to it that I would say in in modern America is is treatment within prison? No, hundred percent.
0: And that's the thing. And there are parallels to be made, but they need to have the same social implication that chattel slavery did. And yeah, that, and
1: of course, it's the same group of people. Uh huh. That weirds too. It's it's indigenous, black indigenous people of color. Yeah,
0: black yeah, indigenous and and poor people, and then poor people.
1: Right. A right. subset of that. So yeah. A subset of that. But even in, when you go in prison, you know, e- e- even in prison, white people are going to be treated better than, exactly. than black so people. It's, yeah. So and it's I would that. say and it's all it's the, over the world. It's down, you know. Yeah. The black and indigenous experience in prison, I, sh- I should specify that not that it's exactly not that prison's a cakewalk for white people. No, but it is. It but is, but yeah. if
0: you want to make the comparison, if you want to yeah. if you want to, you know, take that term, it exists. And this is the specific way it exists. And that's I, I think you're right. I think that's the only time you can use that phrase and mm-hmm. feel any sort of. Of that, you're on stable ground. Otherwise, keep chattel slavery out of your mouth. Yeah. The slavery of Negroes in the South was not usually a deliberately cruel and oppressive system. I'm going to read that sentence again because it doesn't. Uh, I, I, I'm just Doc, going to,
1: Dr. Du Bois.
0: Dr. Good, The good doctor. Let's... The slavery of Negroes in the South was not usually a deliberately cruel and oppressive... All right, I'm being talked to by a guy who knows a lot more than me. I'm going to keep reading. But yeah, you, sure. Dr. Gonna du Bois. See, we're like, going to see where this, how we're misreading bold this. Bold statement, Cotton. Let's see how this goes. Uh, it did not mean systematic starvation or murder. Okay, that's, okay yeah that's accurate it's not out of maliciousness yeah it's, it's not it's not okay a, it's not a genocide it's it's out of greed got it okay on yes. the other hand it is just as difficult to conceive as quite true the idyllic picture of a patriarchal state with cultured and humane masters under whom slaves were as children guided and trained in work and play given even such mental training as was for their good and for the well-being of the surrounding world yeah that's non-existent that's that <laughs> didn't happen at all all um no the victims of southern slavery were often happy okay dr 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 du bois stop this <laughs> right now please had you I went off this ride had usually adequate food for their health and shelter sufficient for a mild climate okay <laughs> The Southerners could say with some justification that when the mass of their field hands were compared with the worst class of laborers in the slums of New York and Philadelphia and the factory towns of New England, the black slaves were as well off and in some particulars better off. Oh, Jesus. I don't like that. Just no, even a little bit. I'm going to keep plowing through to here. Right. Slaves lived largely in the country where health conditions were better. All right. Fair. Huh? Okay. Yeah. They worked yeah. in the open air. I don't love that. Stop that. that. You are nope. really selling antibiotics. I don't very love hard this. I don't love what we're doing here. I don't like what we're doing here. And the factory t- uh yeah, they, they and their
1: hours were about the current hours for peasants throughout oh Europe. Oh my
0: god. Yeah,
1: yeah, they received what no, be peasants in Europe. They too. received
0: no formal education and neither did the Irish peasant, the English factory worker nor the German bauer. And in contrast with these free white laborers, the negroes were protected by a certain primitive sort of age old pension, job insurance and sickness insurance that is they must be supported in some fashion they when they were too old to help. Work.
1: Sure, it's from the slave owner.
0: <laughs> God. They must have attention and sickness, for they represented invested capital, and they could never be among the unemployed. Okay,
1: wait, wait, wait. There's an on the other hand. There's an on the other hand.
0: We got. We have to read that i I'm going to keep going before we stop. On okay. the other hand, it is just as true that Negro slaves in America represented the worst and lowest conditions among modern laborers. Okay, that's, yes. that's a bold... Okay. That, is, that should not be a bold statement. Uh, one estimate is that the maintenance of a slave in the South. I don't love that sentence. I don't love those three words in a row. Um, it costs the master about $19 a year. Holy shit. What? That's, how is slave maintenance less than a tank of gas? That is not that's that's unrealistic.
1: Yeah, you can maintain a human for less than a day. No, I was about to say, is
0: that how much it costs? Like, are they talking about feeding everyone, too? Because, Jesus Christ, the $250 is starting to seem pretty exorbitant at this point. Uh, a year, which means they were among the poorest paid laborers in the modern world. I would think so if 19 a year covers it. They weren't
1: slaves. Are they you kidding pay, me? You definitionally don't pay Lord, slaves I love, a lot. I, I
0: appreciate <laughs> that he's trying to do this on like such a... like. Lib level of like engaging with the most ridiculous sure. of the claims, with Jesus Christ, this hurts. Uh, they represented in a very real sense the ultimate degradation of man. Uh huh. Indeed, the system was so reactionary, so utterly inconsistent with modern progress that we simply cannot grasp it today. Mm, all right. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yep. No matter how degraded the factory hand, he is not real estate. The tragedy. That's, that's a good line. Yeah, that's a good line. Um. The tragedy of the black slave's position was precisely this. His absolute subjection to the individual will of an owner and to the cruelty and injustice, which are the invariable consequences of the exercise of irresponsibility. Irresponsible power, especially where authority must be sometimes delegated by the planter to agents of inferior education and coarser feelings. I love how we're calling field, you know, the, the, oh, what are their fucking names? It's not field hand. It's like field master, taskmaster. Oh, yeah,
1: the, the the ones that that the, actually went out and did the, the and did the and stuff, actual yeah.
0: whipping and the stuff. I love how they, yeah, inferior education and coarser feelings. Like, oh, yeah, not sociopaths. They're basically yeah. prison wardens. Like, they're sociopaths. Like, no one gets into that job who is not broken on the inside. I so put that there cop. That was a
1: long roundabout, on the other hand. <laughs> so it was a long roundabout, on the other hand. I get hand. what he's saying. I get what he's saying. He's like, I, I would not want to sell slavery on fresh air. Um, but, you know. No. But he does have to keep him alive. But, again, then the expediency is exactly is like, what are you worth? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, if. If you're worth more than a laborer to me, because I'm getting my free labor, I gotta treat you real nice. But if the labor, if the market for slaves is real cheap, and I'm pretty demanding, and you're worth less than a mule, you're gonna get treated lower than a mule. God, you know, I mean, there's just... there's 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 a lot of pull there, and, and usually you're gonna see the lower than a mule factor. Well, the
0: lower than a mule, but then then there's the there was always that argument that well you had to if they were if they were completely you know abused and they wouldn't work, and then you so you've got to keep them just happy enough to keep work. It's like no, stop it. Stop trying to come up with like mental justifications.
1: They didn't whip them because they were trying to get the just right amount of happy. Exactly.
0: It's there's Uh, no utilitarian argument for fucking slavery.
1: Right. Well, and on top of that, and this is this is the um, oh god, I just lost my thought. That was a big deal. Yeah, that'll happen. Oh, God. I just brain farted completely in the mid-sentence.
0: We're, we're not talking about the position of slaves and, and how they're kind of like.
1: Oh, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, when you're a worker, right, you can't just realistically quit a job. So your boss has virtual control over you. That's real. But you can quit a job. Yes. Like, you can, you'd be in a really bad place. You would fuck a lot of things in your life. You could easily die from it. But you could quit a job. When you are a slave, you cannot quit that master. Yeah, it's a little hard. That is an insane jump in power.
0: Yeah, no, that tracks. That absolutely tracks, yeah. and that's uh, okay. Whew. So that was a that was a bit of a, a roundabout way to come to the end of this episode. But yeah. here we are. And yeah, here that was we are. We're gonna hopefully, hopefully we we kick off and and get a little bit more away from trying to equivocate on the <laughs> slavery, slavery to wage labor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hopefully we don't have to do any of that. Uh, <laughs> that dancing around it in the next Ooh. episode. But you know, we don't know, because you, okay. you think I read this book before I start? Fuck no. <laughs> Have you listened to any of this? No, of course I don't do we that. We used to be so
1: prepared, we had to summarize Bullshit. chapters.
0: Bullshit. We had to summarize Weed. chapters. This is wee shit.
1: You had to be prepared. I had to sit here and be <laughs> loud and obnoxious. I do want to reread the one snippet, though, that was really, really big, so it says, but there was in 1863 a real meaning to slavery different from that we may apply to the laborer today. It was in part psychological, the enforced personal feelings of inferiority, the calling of another master, the standing with hat in hand. It was the helplessness. It was the defenselessness of family life. It was a submergence below the arbitrary will of any sort of individual. It was without a doubt the worst in these vital aspects than that which exists today in Europe or America. It's analog today is the yellow brown and black labor in China and India and Africa and the force of the Amazon and it was the slavery that fell in America. Yeah. And considering the entire last segment, we just read that as how kind of I want to wrap it up. Yeah, no, that's exactly
0: it. And so that being said, we uh, you, you know the drill. We're going to be back and we're going to start next week. That's uh, we're, right. We're on next chapter week we we're, will on, be back. we're on page 10. We made it 10 pages. Uh, <laughs> if you count that <laughs> that's, intro that's, page, that's like 11 pages. That's that's normally our good pace. That's, that's a that's very right in line with our good that's pace. That's a very good pace. So let's yes. just do you know what? Let's do a fun mm-hmm. new segment on March or Mad, uh, Mark's Madness called uh Let's do some math. Um. So soon, so ten. So, 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 so this will take seventy six episodes. Oh my God! Uh, which will which will be more than a year. Sweet. Um. We uh. Well, you know, we're gonna do this as we go. We're gonna figure it out. But there may be. We may need to do some some times where we may need to do some summarizing. Yeah. Because uh, um, if
1: that is the which pace, I really hate to do to Du Bois.
0: Yeah. We're we're gonna we, figure we it we out. Might
1: have to. I we're don't gonna know. figure it out. Y'all. For let now, us, now, we're going word to word in the chapter. For one, now, for we're sure. going word to word. And we're gonna keep going. And and, and that's I the, want the
0: plan until.
1: Designated otherwise,
0: and I would like y'all to just let us know. Do you yes. is that what you want? Uh, would you prefer it be summarized? Do you prefer it this way? Uh, if you've got, I mean, obviously, we're going to make you know we're 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 adults. We can make our own decision, but we're we're still doing this to try and be as helpful as possible. So, which of these? Yes, the point which of this is to help people. I
1: will go back to the point of this podcast. I'm sorry, I cut Nathan off there, but the point of no, this okay. podcast talk is talk over me. Yeah, <laughs> the point of this. podcast, I'm sorry. No, it's I'm okay. Getting, I don't I'm getting count. called out like a motherfucker. I don't. I don't count. Uh, <laughs> the point of this podcast has always been um hopefully you are reading this in a reading group with the party and this can be complimentary and give a different perspective to work into that and so that everybody can collectively understand that with whatever background research we do and whatever conversation both situations provide uh save that this can hopefully be if you're reading it by yourself your group conversation and worse comes to worse this can be your reading of it whether that be cliff notesy or whether that be word for word yeah i was context. about to say the problem
0: is, is it is not cliff notesy anymore so it yeah. is uh, it is 100% it is 100% the book so this yeah. is i am perfectly fine like i said i'm I'm, gonna, I'm fine with any of those three i'm fine with any of how you guys want to do it but if if someone if if there is a mass Uh, movement to, you don't want it word for word and you'd like it more condensed. Let us know. Cause again, we are open mm-hmm. to, we are open to whatever makes this most accessible and useful for, for you guys. Cause yes. that's what this whole thing is for. There's, there's roughly 2000 of you that listen to this on a weekly basis. And that's bizarre to me. Um, but it, whatever you guys want, hit us up on Mark's Madness Pod at, at Mark's Madness Pod on Twitter. Let us know there. Um, if you are, uh, wanting to have a more, you know, linear conversation than what tweeting allows, the dumb and awful Discord is where I am camped out all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll Constantly talk to people unless it's after nine o'clock at night because that's when I go to sleep because I'm an old person. Yes. Um. We have Gmail. We do have Gmail. We have Gmail as at marks or marks madness pod at gmail Um. And beyond that, I can't think of.
1: I think that's all our I think that's
0: I think that's all the stuff we're doing right now. I think that's yeah. everything we have. There will be sometime in the future, an episode of uh, mandatory OT coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, There'll be a couple. Um, But uh, the one I'm not sure exactly when the one that I was just on is going to drop on Juche and Kim Il-sung. Um, but a good a good way to know is they come out every two weeks. And there's an episode right before mine with uh the uh, British member of the Korean Friendship Association, Dr. Dermot something uh and when he's on you'll know i'm coming in two weeks so that's (laughs) check check the (laughs) mandatory OT feed because i i have no way to know when that's coming out i could ask them but come on i'm not going to talk to people uh david anything uh that's all i got cool i'm nathan i'm david
1: Bye. bye